This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Ken Lundin, welcome to the show. Hey, how are we doing, Mark? Let's uh, ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I am doing tremendous. I thank you for being here. And we're going to talk about sales and growing business and the entrepreneur. But before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Oh, good. That, we'll make it short and easy because not many people tuned into your podcast to hear about what I do. So, um, you know, from that perspective, hey, we have a sales consultant, a consulting agency, and we're essentially breaking that old sales training and consulting model that just quite frankly doesn't work and isn't in the best interest of entrepreneurs and business owners. You know, it's more one sided. So we've got a team that does the what, the why and the how stands beside you and gets dirty. So we've got a fantastic team and uh, we help B2B businesses. Love it. And to this day, I still think the best salespeople in the world are kids. Uh, they, When they want that candy or that toy, they throw everything at it. Temper tantrums, whining, falling on the floor. You remember those days, don't you, Ken? Oh, I remember them well. So I'm going to be 50 this year, but my, um, my girlfriend, uh, his youngest is six. My kids are out of the house. And so he's six and uh, teaches me something uh, that I've forgotten about sales every single day. And I think probably the key thing he teaches us is persistence pays more often than you think it will. (laughs) I can vouch for that. I remember I used to be in the store with my parents and I would see candy or a toy or something I wanted. And I would give everything I could to make that sale. And unfortunately, Fortunately for me, my parents were very resilient to my temper tantrums and my sales pitches. They, they no, no means no. And so I did not win that game too often. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that he wins it that often, but let's just say that he has a short term he has a short term memory and so he does better than most of the entrepreneurs I know because he doesn't remember the last no. Let's talk about that because I'm a fan of the National Football League and quarterbacks have to have a really short memory. So if they throw an interception or if they throw a ball too long, they can't dwell on it. They can't say, oh man, that's what the, after the post game analysis, the next day to look at the, uh, to look at the tape. But when they do that bad play, well, they got another play and they've got to have a short memory. And you're saying entrepreneurs should have the same short memory. Yeah, I think that's totally true. And I think that's, you know, it's kind of the fundamental problem with, you know, there's so much negativity today associated with failing. Um, and so everything's seen as a failure just as instead of as part of the day. I mean, you take another sports analogy, look at sports, look at, look at baseball as a different sport, right? You know, you're a hall of famer if you don't get on base 65% of the time, right? If you hit 350, you're a hall of famer and you're fantastic. And I think there's a lot to be said for it. And in business, we have this unique, unique ability actually to, try something. And then if it's not going our way, we can make a small pivot or a move and just not be stubborn about it. So it's not, you know, it's almost like instead of getting three strikes, we're given 10, 12 or 20, just depending on how you want to, you know, kind of slice up your life. And entrepreneurs, the way I look at entrepreneurs, we're like a little rowboat or a tugboat. We're not a Titanic. The major corporations, you know, Apple, Google, Microsoft, they're this ginormous Titanic. And when they want to make a change, it's a little bit more difficult and time consuming to change the direction of the ship. When you're an entrepreneur, you can just like change directions and like you say, pivot immediately. Yeah. And I think it's true. And I think it's an underrated skill set. You know, especially when you talk, you know, an entrepreneur is one of the things they talk about when they start talking about companies that get funded, 
you know, VC funds or private equity, they, they talk a lot about the technical versus the non-technical founder. And I, you know, kind of taking that more to just kind of general terms, a technical founder, someone who just, they know the product and service, right? And we get just so invested in the product or service. And it's, it's funny because we may be a rowboat or a tugboat, but at the end of the day, you know, when you get on the water, you always feel like you're going faster than you are, right? It's like the water or getting on a motorcycle or something along those lines. And so we have to understand that we're not going at breakneck speeds and we can absolutely slow down and start to make changes that might be effective for us. And quite frankly, you know, I know it as an entrepreneur, you know, we, everybody out there probably feels that responsibility to, to grow a company for their employees. You know, these are the people who took a chance on them when they were one person. It was their first hire. It was their second hire. It was their fifth hire. And these are the people who could have gone and taken a big job or gone somewhere else. And so most of the people we work with, I know they feel that emotional pull to do it. But yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's, uh, we can be quicker than we give ourselves credit for. Um, but we need to put a little extra forethought into it because change for the sake of change is also something that's incredibly disruptive to teams. I agree with that. And I also think that some companies are trying to grow too fast. I have talked to several people where they hand, they hung out their shingle and and then they're like they're trying to hire all these assistants and VAs and get all these business services and I'm like hold up a second you have no income yeah. you know <laughs> yeah you need to have some you know expenses in the beginning but I think you need to be really careful and, and so many people are looking at the big successful companies and they look at all the things they have but you don't have their kind of income at this point and I I would tell most entrepreneurs to slow down take your time and get it right than stumbling and bumbling. You agree with that? Um, I would say that I agree with it in this, in terms like we, I think we can be more specific about it. As long as you have time in the day, you should be doing the menial tasks. But the moment that your time in the day could be spent in something that is truly more productive. And most of the time for a small company, that means selling deals, right? Or that means something that's really going to actually be additive and add traction. Well, then you can start to outsource some. So as an example, we've got a company, we've grown to, we have four consultants. Um, we have a gentleman launching Brazil and I'm still doing a lot of the stuff that I've just got to grind through, you know, and we're hopeful that as we continue to add on more business, which we've had fantastic growth over the last 18 months, that I'll move some of that off my plate. But I'm still trying to, as you said, I'm going, I'm a big cash flow guy. I'm like, okay, so what does cash flow look like? Where can I do that? Because I'm not going to outsource something for two weeks. You know, it's got to be part of a strategic play that's going to make sure that I'm doing things that are more additive to the company. So um, I certainly think that they do try to go fast. I don't know. When you talk to people, I mean, why do you think everyone's in such a darn hurry? Well, from what I see is they don't want to go through the steps to achieve their end goal. They look at people who are uber successful today, forgetting that they were not like created yesterday. Okay. Like take Facebook or Instagram or Gary Vaynerchuk. They've been working in a process for years. And when you hang out your shingle, you're like, wow, look at Gary Vaynerchuk. Look at Grant Cardone. Look at Tony Robbins. 
but they didn't start where they are now. And I think people lose sight of that because we live in a social media world and we see everybody's glamorous pictures on social, but you're seeing where they are today. Very few people share where they came from. And most importantly, how long it took them to get where they are today. Yeah. They're an overnight success in 10 years, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it's, yeah, I think that's true. I think in this day and age, like the social media, the day of social media, it's like instant gratification. I mean, it's always been a part of the human condition, but holy cow. Now, you know, if I can't, you know, have it done today, then why should I do it? And and I think you bring up an interesting point because the, the fundamental gap between where they're at, where an entrepreneur is today and the success that they would like to achieve in the next year, five years, 10 years is that they are going, oh, well, I know where I want to go, but they're failing to piece together the hundred little steps that are required one after another to make that successful. You know, we were talking with a company, a potential client of ours um, last week, and they were like, so tell me, where can we get an exit? You know, and I I said, whoa, 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 they're they're trying to talk exit price two and a half years from now. Like they wanted to sell the company. And I said, well, okay, I get it. We can talk about what could be. But man, there's 250 other things that have to happen in a specific order systematically to have that happen. And so I think the other thing a lot of entrepreneurs have to figure out is this, and I'd be interested in your input on this, Mark. You know, there's there's such a, there's almost a negative connotation around the ideal of a lifestyle business, right? It's, oh, I got to be the biggest and the best. You know, and, but there's such, you know, 95 or 98% of all businesses in the world are those lifestyle businesses and they can provide a very, very good income for somebody to be comfortable. And so I th- I'm wondering if you see it like I see it where it is. I think sometimes you've got to be like decide. Are you trying to be a billion dollar company, a $10 million company, a $5 million company? Why? Or is it cool that you're just making an awesome living and you've got time to spend with your family, you know, and you can take vacations and you don't have the additional stress. And so I think there's this negative connotation about lifestyle businesses. I don't, I mean, what have you, you know, kind of what is your experience around that? Start actually following through on your to-do list now. I'll show you how to remove overwhelm from your life and blow through your list in no time. Learn how to get and stay focused. Become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list. Experience less overwhelm and have time to do what you really want to do. Find out more about my 12-step process to productivity program at mrproductivity.com. Well, you just said my favorite word. I love the word why because so many people are in a hurry. Rush, 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 rush. And I'm like, why do you want to do this? And I love how Gary Vaynerchuk puts it. He says, I know people who make $40,000 a year who are happy. Now, I know people who make $40 million a year and they're miserable. And I think because we only get one life, you need to be happy. And if money makes you happy, well, Mazel tov. I like spending time with my wife, spending time with my dog. I like reading. And so for me, it's not about chasing the money. Now, don't get me wrong. You need money to pay the mortgage and to feed your family and keep the lights on. But I think you have to have a bigger purpose. I don't think money should be your biggest purpose because you'll never have enough. You'll make a million, then you'll make 10, then you make a hundred and you make a billion. It's you get a point where it's not enough. And so I think people need to camp out on the word why, and maybe get a notebook and a pen and go someplace quiet and go, okay, what is my why? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Whether it's a business or you got a service, doesn't matter. 
but really dive deep into your why. Uh, Ken, I really think people don't spend the time to consider their why. They go, well, I'm kind of good at X, Y, Z, so I'm going to launch a business, and I'm going to hire all these people, and I'm, I'm going to have Learjets and all that, but, but why are you doing it? Yeah. You agree? Yeah, I think that it's a lot of times, I think it's interesting. I think we talk about like the world's oldest training model. So I'll tell everybody something that's true, been around forever, but it's not mine, right? So there's, they say when you're going to train somebody, like teach them to do a new skill set, right? You tell them the why, why it's important, what it is, how to do it, and then what to do now. And so I think what's really funny is that we bast, we, we, we find a way not to, um, do those four things in our own life, right? And so we may say, I know what to do, but I don't know why I'm doing it. Or I know why to do it, but I don't know how to do it. And unfortunately, because we can't discern between the different necessary skill sets in each of those buckets, we don't know where to turn for help. But yeah, I certainly think the why is the thing that matters. You know, for me, we are trying to grow our company pretty aggressively, not because money has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I want to make a great living. Yes, I want to pay for I want to pay for my children's college. Yes, all those things that we require. They won't yet let me come to a public school and tell them how to sell more. So I can't do a trade. You know, <laughs> so it's one of those things. But I but I think at the end of the but I think at the end of the day, um, you know, we're growing it because of our desire to serve more people and because the growth itself and providing opportunities for my staff is the thing that makes me happy. Right. That is the thing that drives our, our happiness. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I think the listener needs to think about when they wake up, how are they feeling? Now, I wake up every day as a little boy on Christmas morning. I'm excited for every day. You know, who am I going to meet? What experience am I, am I going to ex- experience? What am I going to learn? If you wake up and you're like, oh, it's another day. You may need to investigate because you may make good money. You may get great perks like, you know, vacation and uh, corner office. But if you wake up and you're miserable, I think you need to start there. It goes back to what we talked about being a why, you know, I, I think you need to be happy. And I think happiness is not talked a lot about in the entrepreneurial circles. Everybody's just like money, 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 client, client, client. I'm like, is that what makes you happy? And because it sounds kind of woo, people don't like to talk about that. Yeah. It's the grind. Like we talk about the grind and and I think it's the, it's the Monday morning test to be specific, right? You know, come through a weekend traditionally for most, for most people, they're kind of taking that Saturday, Sunday off. And then coming back to Monday morning, do you wake up Monday morning and do you think, man, wish I had another weekend day, you know, and sure, that's nice to spend with. But if you're not excited about going to work, like going to do the thing, I won't even call it work. If you're not excited to go do the thing you do to serve the people you serve. Yeah, figure it out. Because at the end of the day, we all, I, you're right, man. We only have one life. And I, that's just kind of the thing that we go through is like, we went to the, you know, I'll even talk to people and I'll say, look, here's the deal. Yeah. We're going to help you professionally. Yeah. We're going to help your company, but, but we got to figure out how you are going to be happy because we can grow your company two X and that's not going to matter if you're still, if you're still not feeling comfortable, happy, excited about the journey. So I, yeah, I agree with you the, We got to, you got to get into the why you got to look at the happiness. Those are all things that are, we've, uh, <laughs> we've made it a thing. 
to talk about how hard we work and how miserable we are. And that's no good. You know, what's interesting is I titled this something along. I haven't created the title yet because we're still recording, but something along the words, line the line, the sales and people are probably listening. Okay. Where are my tips? Where are Ken's sales tips? But I think we have to get the mindset, right? We have to get the why right first, because you can give me your top 50 tips, but if people are not happy, if they're not, they don't understand their why I would argue that those tips that you can give us don't really make a difference. You agree or disagree? Um, I th- I think I'd even alter it a little bit because I think it's more about uh, the mindset part is com- correct, but how do you put yourself in a mindset to actually change behavior? Because the truth is, if you're listening to this because you saw a title that said sales something or another, right? then you're wanting to change the current state. But here's the truth. You cannot do that unless you change the mindset. So it's interesting. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to companies and they don't like this. So just I'll don't do this often, but they don't like it. So we'll talk to companies and we'll go, Hey, so how's this year going versus your sales goals? Oh, well, you know, it's, you know, it's all right. What do you plan to grow this year? They'll go 50%. We'll go, what did you plan to grow? What did you grow last year? They'll go 10%. How are you doing versus the 50% goal? Well, we're behind it. What changes did you make this year so that you could grow 50 instead of 10? Crickets, 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 right? <laughs> it's, you know, it's just, we think because we put it on a spreadsheet, it's doable. So yeah, you're right. The mindset leads to behavior change because behavior change is what leadership, winning, whatever you want to call it, the, the path to a life that is more fulfilling than you're currently in is about your ability to manifest your own behavior changes as well as behavior changes on your team. That is gold right there, listener. Behavior change. So if you made, say, $50,000 last year, you're a small entrepreneur, and you want to make 100000 this year, and you want to double your income, well, what Ken just said is, what are you doing differently? Because if you're doing the same thing you did in 2020 as you're doing in 2021, the odds are you're probably going to be closer to the 50K than the 100K. So I want to make sure the listener doesn't miss that because you can't get different uh, or you can't get a more better income and better clients if you're going to do the same process, the same thing day in and day out. So you have to do a behavior change. And I think that is very, very powerful. Yeah. The other thing, the other way to think about that, too, for a listener to identify, because a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I, I want change. I want to be the best. Right. Okay. Great. Everybody, everybody says they want change. How many people are willing to change? All the hands go in their pockets. Um, but the other way you can measure that as an entrepreneur is, are you, are you more, do you spend more time in the reactive frame of mind or proactive? Mm. Right. Do you spend more time creating change as opposed to responding to change? And it's a pretty good litmus test, um, for just kind of figuring out where am I really and what do I need to do? I get it. You want productivity tips, but your email inbox is, well, out of control. When you follow Mr. Productivity on Telegram Messenger, you'll receive daily bite-sized productivity tips delivered to your phone or desktop for free. Let me help you become more productive, step-by-step, day-by-day. Follow Mr. Productivity on Telegram today. What's interesting is when you said everybody said they want more, they want more money, they want more sales, they want more clients. I've never met one person who goes, you know what? I'm good. 
you know what? I want less clients. I want to make less money. I want to be, you know, less busy. No one says that. Everyone wants more, but nobody is proactively changing what they need to do. I mean, that's, I, I cringe. I talk, I say, I never talk about math on the show, but <laughs> 2X equals four. Okay. What is X? X, equals, X always equals two. Okay. You divide both sides of the equation by two. X always equals two. You have to change your behavior because it doesn't matter how many times I do 2X equals four. I do pencil, pen, blue ink. It doesn't matter. It's still the same. I haven't changed anything. I just changed the paint. Some people think, well, I, I changed the font of my website or I changed my headshot or I changed my logo. That's not what you're talking about, Ken. That's not the behavior you're talking about. That's cosmetic. And I think a lot of people get caught up into that. They change their, their header on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn. That's cosmetic. What are you going to do to make more money and get more clients and make a bigger difference this year? Because I, I, I'm really going back to what you said. It's all about the behavior change. And I don't think people are talking enough about that. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because sometimes it's just how you feel about yourself. Because the truth is in, I don't know, knock on wood so I can keep this thing rolling. But 100% of the companies that we've been in, we've been able to get them to increase price. And there are every, there's not a single industry right now that says, you know what? We're not under competitive market pressures, right? We don't see any pricing compression. We don't see you know competitors trying to discount. Everybody believes they're under pricing pressure, right? That's largely the stuff that's between your own ears. And it's just because you're not aligning to you. How do I create more value for my customers? So like, here's first, here's first, here's a specific tactic that they can use on a behavior change. Change the way you think about your stuff so you're solving the most valuable problem for your prospects and increase your price. That's all contribution margin. It's all margin. It all goes to the bottom line. It all ends up being net income. So, you know, by the nice thing about this is like, honestly, by coming to a, hey, I'm going to serve people in the highest capacity that I am able to. I'm going to help as many people as I can solve their biggest problem that I'm uniquely qualified to solve. Guess what? You get paid more for that. So guess what? Here's the here's the funny thing, Mark. Ready? Everybody said, "Oh, I want more clients to get more revenue." They think get getting more clients creates more revenue, and that's the only path. That's not the only path. Create more value, get paid better for what you do, have happier customers, and have less customers. Just another track. That's important. It is another track, and I tell you, I got caught in that. So I got. I have a program called the digital productivity coaching program and I overcomplicated it, which is went against what I teach. I teach, keep it simple. Right. Yeah. So clients got in there, they loved it, but then I started adding all these things in the peripheral and periphery, sorry, wrong word. <laughs> but the problem is, is that's not what they wanted. It's what I thought they wanted. It's what I thought they needed. They never asked for it. Okay. When I started getting rid of all this complexity, then it started taking off because the core thing is what they wanted. The core thing is what they needed. And I unnecessarily made it complex. And they're like, I, I don't understand what, what are you doing with all this stuff? And so it really hurt my brand yeah. because I was doing what I thought they needed. And yeah. you made a good point. What they needed was X. I was doing, giving them Y and they got confused. So that's a real life lesson for the listener. 
Uh, that's awesome. We have a program called the Market Acceleration Program, which is um, powered by a venture capital company we have a, a partnership with called GrowthX. So we work with like Andrew Goldner and Max Mankin. These guys are awesome. And so what you're talking about is essentially a piece of what we call the sales alpha roadmap where people unintentionally, let's go back to our earlier conversation, in an effort to go fast, give the customer what they think they want instead of what the customer explicitly told us the market wants. And that product market fit, that ability to go, look, I'm solving this problem that's super important to you is the path to higher sales, better margins, less buyer friction, the ability to actually grow your business at whatever rate you want. Because let's think about it this way. So let's talk. We've talked a little bit about money. We haven't, we've tried to avoid math and we'll, we'll do that now too. But honestly, why do you want more? Why do people want more money? And if you do that five whys, why, why do you want more money? Well, cause why do you want that? Cause here's what it comes down to. I can tell you the number one reason that I want to make a decent income. I just want options. And by making a good living, I have options with what I can do, right? If I want to sell my company or take a week off or whatever it is, that's really what, you know, that's the driving force for me is to not to put myself in a position where I can have options. And so by doing what you just did, going back and going, okay, let me ask my customers what it is they really want. Holy cow. Two things happened. You give them what they really want. So they're a happy customer and they're willing to pay more, which, I, you know, we don't have to talk numbers. But the, the real second component of that is guess what you just did for yourself? You decreased all that operating costs that it took to create the products in a vacuum without feedback from your market. So that's, you know, that's fantastic stuff. And that's a that's, great real life example. That's gold. That, that's gold. I tell you, what you said about making a lot of money to give you more options. Uh, I I'm a bullet journaler. So I write things in my bullet journal that is going in my bullet journal because that is gold getting options. When you have a lot of money, you have options. So a lot of people operate like this. You're at the airport and you, for whatever reason, you miss your flight. Okay. If you don't have any money, what do you do? I mean, your flight took off. You, you know, whatever reason you got the airport late, you got the security late, doesn't matter. But now you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get the family back home? But if you made a lot of money, no big deal. You just open the app, buy another plane ticket. That's kind of like a real life example. If you don't have the money, you can't buy a new plane ticket. If you have the money, it's no sweat. You just buy another plane ticket. You don't worry about it. And that can be, you can, we can talk about a lot of examples like that, but I love how you said it. When you make a lot of money, it gives you options. When you don't make a lot of money, you're pretty much have to take what's given to you basically. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And it just, that's where you start to feel like, you know, it's like, that's where you say that you just bought yourself a job. you know, go back in the day. I think they used to say that on a movie or something. <laughs> right. But that's, you know, that's the thing. And that's okay. I mean, that's the e-myth, you know, back in the day from Michael Gerber, that's why that exists. You know, most people, actually most, many people listening to your podcast probably didn't go in business to make a ton of money. They went in business because I didn't like their boss. And they were like, man, I can do this better than that person, you know, and that's cool. But yeah. that's where you got to make those decisions, right? Do I want to be, what kind of business do I want to be? Do I want to be a lifestyle business? Do I want to be what? And then look at the, look at it like that ladder that you have to climb to get to the top of the kind of get to your roof as an example. You got a ladder up against your house. You're going to climb it to get to the roof. 
you may be able to skip over one rung with a large step, but you can't skip over two and three and four. You actually have to take those steps physically. And that's business. You, there are just, there is a systematic way to grow your company. It's it. Then when you do that, it's predictable and it's scalable. But if you try to hop through the systematic components of it and putting those in place, you'll struggle and you won't, and the money won't come as easily or the, let's not even talk money, the success you feel. Cause most of us do it for more of an emotional, like we really, we made an impact that won't come as easily when you're really trying to skip over things and go too quick. It's like, all I'm asking you to do is take 12 months instead of four, <laughs> you know, to secure your future. So. Wow. Well, you've given us a lot to think about a lot of insights. I want to thank you for being on the show. Where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Yeah, perfect. Um, you can actually, I'll get, you can get directly to me at Ken at KenLundin.com, K-E-N-L-U-N-D-I-N.com. And then hook up with me. We're very active on LinkedIn. So please feel free to look me up on link, LinkedIn as well. And um, let me know that you, that, that you heard Mark's podcast. Uh, if you do that, we actually have a thing we do when people come to us through uh, great venues like this. We'll give you a 30-minute kind of sales strategy call just to hear what's going on in your world and to see whether or not we might be able to add a little bit of value to you. Excellent. Well, Ken, I want to thank you for being on the show today. It's a pleasure having you on. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.